So hypothetically, what would happen if you did not consume any caffeine for 30 days? This is actually very interesting. Over 85% of adults in the U.S. consume some type of beverage that gives them caffeine, usually in the form of coffee or tea. Children consume a tremendous amount of caffeine doing sodas and energy drinks. Now, I will totally admit this right up front. I am addicted to coffee, okay? But I don't have that much. I mean, it looks like this cup is really large, but if you get the relative size, it's pretty small. This is how much coffee I have every single day, only in the morning, simply because I used to abuse it in college. I used to drink pots of very, very strong coffee. It kind of burnt out my adrenals. But caffeine is the most widely consumed mind-altering drug on the planet. And people drink it out of habit. They just like the taste. Some people drink it to increase their energy. Uh, I drink it uh, for creativity. It does actually seem to help me become more creative in the morning. But in reality, not because it gives me energy, it just basically makes me more awake. And so there is some uh, data or studies that um, shows that caffeine can increase a certain like conceptual memory, reasoning, reaction speed, mood, and even spatial memory. And those people that have insomnia, they're fatigued, or they have jet lag. It's in 60 different plants. And the reason why plants make it, they make it as a pesticide to kill insects by either killing them directly or stunting their growth. But it works slightly different in humans, okay? In humans, it's involved in a very specific neurotransmitter called adenosine. Now, adenosine has uh, many different uh, functions in the body. Um, one of the ones that relate to caffeine is that it's involved in the promotion of your sleep cycles. So it helps you go to sleep at night. So let's pretend this is adenosine, the neurotransmitter, and this is the receptor to activate it, okay, in the cells. So it goes in there, and then it opens up this, which basically activates your ability to start feeling tired and sleepy. So that's what adenosine does. But what caffeine does is it comes in there and it goes into the receptor for adenosine like that, preventing adenosine to go into that receptor. So now we block this sleep molecule so you become more awake. So that's really what's happening at the cellular level. And of course, the more chronically you drink caffeine, uh, the receptor downgrades to the point where you need more and more caffeine to create the same effect. So we talked about some of the positive things about caffeine. What are some of the negative things that would maybe motivate you to not do caffeine for a month? Well, a lot of people have various symptoms that they might not associate with that caffeine, like anxiety, uh, high blood pressure, high pulse rate, arrhythmias, the loss of fluid, digestive problems like uh, gastritis or increased acid in your stomach. And the other thing that people don't realize about coffee is that there's a very high level of molds. There's two specific molds that grow in coffee. And um, that mold can create allergies. It can create irritation to the liver, especially for those people that are sensitive. And this mold is a, more of a problem in decaf. Okay, why? Because the chemical caffeine in plants normally inhibits mold growth, which is interesting. So the more the coffee is processed, like in instant coffee, for example, you have higher levels of mold. And uh, this creates mold toxins called mycotoxins. And these can affect the liver uh, for those people that are sensitive. 
especially if you're getting a lot of this mold. I noticed like one thing when people start drinking coffee, sometimes uh, they start sneezing or they, they feel kind of like this reaction. Uh, that usually is the liver causing some type of reaction to kind of get rid of something. So I think it's important if you're going to drink coffee, go for quality, go for organic, and uh, try to keep your coffee to a smaller amount. One a day would be the best thing because coffee also depletes you of vitamin B1. And so if you're drinking coffee a lot and you're not replacing that B1, uh, you may start feeling more anxious, nervous, uh, jittery, hard to relax, hard to sleep, excessive thinking all the time. So those are a lot of the negatives, but there's one additional big negative that really I think is the most important thing to talk about, and that is the stimulation of the adrenal glands. So not only does caffeine um, block that neurotransmitter to make you more awake, it also increases the adrenal uh, neurotransmitter called adrenaline. So this is involved in the stress response. This is involved in the flight or fight mechanism. And so this is more of a problem if you're drinking a lot of coffee over a long period of time because you're just stimulating the adrenals over and over and over and over, like I've done in college with so much coffee, like pots of very strong coffee. At first it was fine, but then over the months and years, coffee started losing the effect. I needed more and more and uh, it would stimulate my adrenals and then I had problems sleeping and I was really stressed out. So a lot of people want to get off caffeine just for that aspect to, to not stimulate the adrenals so much to see how they would feel. So let's talk about what would happen if you did come off of it. So one way to slowly and gradually come off this caffeine is start to wean off the coffee. So I would do that for a few days, get used to it, and then go find some matcha tea. It's a concentrated green tea powder as a supplement, and it has half the caffeine as coffee. So a cup of coffee is like 140. This is 70 milligrams of caffeine. And you can do that for a while until your body gets used to it. And then you graduate into regular herbal teas that have roughly about 40 milligrams of caffeine. And as you're slowly graduating off this higher amounts of caffeine, your body's going to adjust to it. And then at this point, you have some options. You can either just stop the tea altogether or use tea that has no caffeine in it. But that would be just kind of a rough example of how you would graduate off a higher level of caffeine. And then I'll give you solutions on how to transition without going through all those withdrawal symptoms. So number one, uh, I think you would definitely feel less anxiety. You would have actually more B1, so you'd feel more calm. You would definitely have better sleep, which will then give you more energy during the day. Your blood pressure might just go normal. Your pulse rate will come down. If you had any type of arrhythmias or heart palpitations, those would probably disappear. You may even notice that your teeth are better because coffee does stain the teeth, and so does tea. And you might even find there's benefits to the liver because there's going to be less mold activation of some allergy that you might have. But uh, I think the biggest thing is you're going to have less stimulation of the adrenals. You're going to have better adrenals that are not going to be stimulated so often. So what are some good things you can do? You can do this very gradually by just going from coffee to tea because tea has less caffeine you're going to find that these receptors start to adapt to the point where you have much less withdrawal symptoms as you go through this, because sometimes these withdrawal symptoms could last for 
maybe an entire week, uh, usually not more than a week, but it's, it could happen in a week where you get headaches, dizziness, uh, you feel tired, mood changes, irritableness. Number two, herbal coffee substitutes like Ticino, and there's many others as well. And uh, some of them are actually quite good, so you can experiment with that. Also, I would recommend taking B1 and B12. Those two can actually greatly reduce the withdrawal symptoms. But I think there's some other things you can do as well, um, like take adaptogens. Ashwagandha is awesome. It helps you tolerate stress. Certain mushrooms give the adaptogen effect. Another one would be lemon balm tea. So these are just things to make the transition easier. But I think for a lot of people, it's, it's definitely worth trying, especially if you drink a lot of coffee and you have some of the symptoms that I mentioned. Now, since we're on the topic of you know, uh, something preventing your ability to sleep. I think a good night's sleep is a very important thing in strengthening your adrenal and also decreasing the need for caffeine. I'm gonna give you one little tip that I don't have in other videos. If you're sitting in front of the TV or your computer or your cell phone, that blue light in the monitor greatly messes with your, um, your melatonin, which can affect your sleep. So if you were to get a blue blocker type shades like this and wear these the last two hours before you go to sleep. You will find some amazing things happen. I've been using this recently and just like two hours before I go to sleep and I start to get tired a lot faster because I'm filtering that blue light that um, keeps you up at night.